Amen. Let's stand together. Good to see you this fine Sunday morning. We missed you uh, this morning, but um, we're glad to see you tonight. Glad for each one that's here uh, in the service, and uh, some that were not feeling well, feeling better, and uh, thankful, thankful for that. And glad. I uh, just give you a quick report. We'll mention it later for prayer time. But Anna is doing uh, pretty well now th- uh, through this surgery, and she might get to come home uh, tomorrow. So we do keep remembering her in prayer. But thank the Lord for the answers to prayer. Already. Brother DeStefano, will you ask a blessing on our service tonight? Thank you, Lord, for a good day. Already blessed with a day of goodness and joy. I will praise you yet today as we serve in every aspect of our service, in the singing, in the offering, in the preaching, and praise, everything for the Lord. And you do it tonight and throughout the week. We ask you to keep us safe. Amen. All right. Since we didn't have service this morning, um, you probably have a lot of music penned up inside. So I'm expecting to hear some some good singing tonight. Uh, let's let's start with number 145 in our course book. I was thinking about this song. My wife and I sang it during our devotional time today, and I was thinking about this song. I think this would be a good one to make our theme song for this year. Uh, It's a beautiful song. Only the chorus is in our chorus book. There are verses. And I think it would be good for us to commit the verses to memory this year. So as your song leader, we're going to memorize this song throughout this year. We're going to sing it enough that by the end of the year, by Thanksgiving time... We'll be able to sing through it without music, without words. We'll be able to sing through it and really put ourselves into it. Now we're going to sing it once, and then I'm going to read the words to the verses real quickly, and we'll sing it at least one more time. All right, let's sing 145 together into his presence. Into his presence with singing, into his courts with Come before the king, 
power abundant, ours for the asking, joy from his eternal sweet. And then it says, give all your burdens unto the Savior. Hear him say, peace be still. Victory in battle, comfort in trial, with his spirit be filled. That's my goal for this year. First of all, I have a lot of burdens. It says, give your burdens to him. Hear him say, peace be still. And then we need to pray for victory this year. Victory for our loved ones uh, and many other battles we're gonna face. But let's come into his presence this year. Let's, let's be mindful of his presence and let's determine to stay in his presence this year. All right, let's sing it again. Into Beautiful, beautiful chorus. And some of you can get a head start if you have Google or uh, YouTube. You can get a head start getting some of the words and the, uh, getting the music there as well. All right. Someone with a praise tonight. All right. This is the first Sunday night of the new year. So uh, let's get on the, the praise band tonight. How about it? I thank the Lord for Let's turn in our hymn books for our next song to 487, 487. This is the time of year where people make resolutions. Personally, I think resolutions are overrated. <laughs> uh, I, this afternoon, I, I looked the word up, and I'm more than ever convinced I'm right. Uh, a resolution is an expression of opinion. That sounds pretty solid. 
to start, doesn't it? Uh, an intention or a course of intended action. An intention. Re resolution is an intention. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm more than intending on serving Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to try to serve him this year. I'm, I'm going to commit. I like the word commit. All right, so I looked that word up. And it says, commitment is a pledge. It's a promise. It's an obligation. So if we want to do something at the beginning of the year, let's make some real serious commitments for this year. Now, I know the big one is weight loss, okay? That's the big one. Uh, now, if you intend to lose weight, but every time you go buy McDonald's, you still get a Big Mac, then you need some help. You need someone in the, on the other side of you to get a hold of the wheel and go the other way. But if we make a commitment and we stick to it, we can be successful. So I don't know what your commitments are for this year, but whatever, let's commit to serving Jesus the best that we can and commit to maybe winning some souls this year for him. Those would be good things. So let's sing about I am resolved. Boy, now I took, I, I really took, I took this song down. And I, <laughs> this is a good song. Uh, pay attention to the words. The words are really good. I am resolved no longer to linger. All right, let's sing it. <clears throat> I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the words Things that are higher, things that are lower, these have my side. I live
anyone else tonight with a praise or chorus on your heart? Close to him and live in his presence. I love him tonight. 
Yeah, we can sing all verses. Before we do, though, anyone else want to testify? Get yours in here right away. <coughs> all right, let's sing 486. While we're singing, you can practice for your testimony if you have to. All right, I want to hear some more testimonies then. All right. All to Jesus I surrender.
amen. There's one thing in this song that all five verses have in common. What is it? All to Jesus I surrender. And then it goes on to say all about that. And the climax is, oh, the joy of full salvation. That's where it's at. When you surrender all to him, then you have the joy and the satisfaction of knowing that you have received that full salvation. Boy, what a good song. All right. Should be some testimonies now after that song. Here's a little bit. Let's turn to 144 in the course book. 144 in the course book. Sister Spangler mentioned something about uh, noises. You know, I there's never been a, a day where there's been more noise. Uh, you hear so many things. I I was even listening to. Uh, holiness preacher the last few days and uh, be honest if if I didn't know where I was spiritually and had a little bit of grounding from 50 plus years of serving him I might have gotten a little bit confused and uh, this song says in times like these we need a savior we need to make sure we are grounded to the rock. We need to make sure our foundation is sure. We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it. And we need to be able to prove what we believe. And uh, I think that's so important this year. In times like these, we need a savior. We need the Bible. And then I like the positive uh, third verse it says in times like these i have a savior and i'm glad that we have one that we can lean on all right let's sing this song together <clears throat> in times like these you need a savior in times like these you need an Your anchor home. 
grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus. The with a praise tonight. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate the tone of the praises tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Amen. Aren't you thankful for Jesus this evening? I'm thankful we have someone to sing about. I'm thankful for I'm thankful for Christ. You know, sometimes I know different people have said this before, and every once in a while it strikes me how I'm just somewhere in life observing people and wondering how in the world do you make it? What is your life like without Christ? How miserable that must be, and, and, and the lack of hope and all those. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for His grace in my life. It's not because of me that I'm here. It's because of Christ that I'm here. I'm so thankful for him stepping into my life, for saving me, for sanctifying me, for helping me, for, for, for daily guiding and, and, and the strengthening. And, and, and he helps us to mature and grow in the grace of, of him. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that tonight. We serve a good God. 
We want to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. As mentioned at the beginning of service, we want to remember Anna Stolzfus in our prayers. Thank the Lord for helping her, but let's continue to remember her in our prayers tonight. Um, hopefully she'll be able to come home from the hospital here soon, but God will continue to touch, help her. Sister Hoffman continues to need our prayers. Let's be remembering her um, in our prayers. Pat's family, let's be remembering um, this family in our prayers, local family here from the community. God would minister, that God would, would, would be with them in their sorrow, give them strength, would minister to their hearts. Let's pray that way this evening. The bus ministry, thankful for 24 children um, tonight here uh, for the bus ministry, but praying that God would work um, and help touch those children, touch their lives, be with all those who are involved, those teaching downstairs, those leading the bus and helping on the bus. Let's pray for the bus ministry um, this evening. You have a request you'd like to mention before we go to prayer. Jenna Durkee. Jenna Durkee. All right, let's remember Jenna in our prayers tonight. She needs the Lord's touch. Stephen. Let's remember Stephen. Sure. All right. Let's remember these these ones in prayer tonight. I have a, a preacher friend uh, family that I'm sure they really appreciate prayers from our church. All right. Let's remember this request. Thinking about Matt Tola recently. Let's pray for him and his family. Lift them before the Lord. Unspoken needs signified by an upraised hand. Remember all those as we go to prayer tonight. Brother Ed Schultz, would you lead us in prayer as we kneel? But let's lift our voices with them, all praying out together this evening.
At this time, I believe we'll have our special number in song. The greatest thing that we celebrate in the love of God is that Jesus came to die for us and died in humility. It's a good lesson for all of us about humility and the great love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Oh, love of God, how rich and measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song when years of time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call. God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong. Redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels song. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong It shall forevermore endure The saints and angels' song Could we with the ocean fill And were the skies of parchment made Were every stalk on earth a quill by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the child contain the whole those stretched from sky to sky oh love of God how rich and pure how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. 
Amen. Appreciate the message of that song. Thank the Lord. A couple of announcements want to make you aware of in your bulletin. Youth Discovery is this weekend um, down in Duncannon, Pennsylvania, and we plan on taking a bus down there, leaving Friday night here at the church around 5.30, stopping at, in Penn's Creek at Pennview on the way down, then traveling down there um, for the evening service and the activities afterwards. So if you want to be part of that, speak with Brother Spangler so he knows uh, who all to plan on on coming for that. But that is happening this weekend, uh, Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday. Then at the end of the month, the last full week of the month, will be the Central Pennsylvania um, Youth Convention. We're looking forward to that as well. Be praying. Let's hold these conventions up in prayer that God would just have his way. God would, would work however he chooses to work. The Lord would just have his way in the hearts and lives of our young people and all across in these, in these conventions. Ushers, if you'll come, wait on you at this time for the evening, for the evening offering. Otherwise, would you help us here on the side? All right. Brother Hoffman, you ask God's blessing on the offering, please. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for the offertory. I love that, that song, don't you? Amen. Deeper every day, higher every day, wiser, blessed Lord. Amen. That's what we desire, and that's a good time to have that song here at the beginning of the, of the year. And uh, Brother Adrian, I, I made a New Year's resolution, but now I understand I don't really have to keep it, because really, <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to try at least for a little while. And... Um, 
Thank the Lord for his goodness to us and brought us through another year. How many of you can remember, when, if you had thoughts like I did, it seems like yesterday, uh, but you would hear things like, oh, maybe, I don't know, something out of the news years ago, you'd hear maybe new emissions testing for the year 2025. And you thought at the time, we'll never get to 2025. Anybody else like me? You know, you hear those things, and you think, oh, 2025. You know, now they're saying, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen in 2050. And if we're not careful, we'll say, well, we'll never get to 2050. But wow, here we are, 2024 already. One more year, and we'll be at 2025. And I remember having those thoughts. We're never going to get to 2025. But uh, here we are. I mean, a lot of us weren't supposed to get past Y2K. Uh, remember that. Uh, but uh, here we are. And so... Uh, we occupy until the Lord comes, and we stay busy and uh, doing his work to the best of our ability, and uh, wherever he uh, wants to plug us in, he uses, uh, whether it's in a, a, a pastor or if you work a, a job somewhere or whatever the case might be, uh, just to be open to his will and uh, be sensitive to his, his leadership. His God, God would just uh, work in our lives. That's what we desire. Amen. Isn't it? God would just work in our lives, work in our families, uh, work among our friends, work among our neighbors. He's working among our neighbors. We're so thankful uh, for that. And uh, working among my family, I'm so thankful for that. Grateful uh, for the Lord's uh, help. I got an encouraging uh, report uh, concerning one of my cousins just recently. And it just about, it just about knocked me over, but I'm just so thrilled. I'm so happy. Uh, because God's still on the throne and God's uh, still working. Well, this last weekend was a, I don't even know what they call it. My son-in-law's not here, uh, wasn't able to be here tonight, but uh, I can't think of the name of it. But it's a holiness convention um, that they have. And, uh, and I was hoping to get over there for a day. Um, I thought about going. My, my son-in-law went last year for a day or so, my daughter. And I was hoping to go for a day, but I wasn't able to go. Uh, because of this funeral in Ohio. But as I was on my way to Ohio, I called a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who was on his way to the uh, convention we were talking, you know, visiting. And, uh, but I have this little thing in my car now that Kevin let me borrow. I don't know if Kevin let me borrow it or Marie let me borrow it. A little electronic gizmo thing. Um, now, this stuff is all common knowledge to Pastor Brenizer. He knows all about these gizmos, but I don't. But uh, how to do all these things. And so... Uh, Kevin explained it to me. He said, Dad, now, he said, if you just come by, you know, we'll get it set up for you. Or pull over, pull over and get this thing hooked up, you know. Got all the, these wirings. You got to hook this thing here and plug this there and put it there. And then you can listen to whatever is on your phone. You can make it go to your radio. And you all know what that stuff is. It's Bluetooth uh, stuff. And the only thing I know about Bluetooth, if it gets that bad looking, you better get to the dentist. But... <laughs> Um, when I think about this, I was on my way out there, and I had a holiness convention. I had a holiness convention. I listened to six preachers, and this little thing just keeps, I mean, it just takes, as soon as that sermon's over, it goes to the next sermon. And as soon as that one's over, only one of the fellows preached over an hour, and he really did preach over an hour. But that helps your trip to go. But I listened to all these uh, sermons on the way out and then on the way back. And uh, it's the kind of thing, you know, you get, if you want to uh, hear something again, hear something repeated, you kind of back it up, you know, and then you can have it repeated. And common knowledge to all you, I know, but I'm not gizmo-oriented. But uh, I don't know how many people I ran off the road. I never stopped to check. But uh, I would hear parts, and I'd go back and play it again, listen again. 
But I was listening to an, a message by Brother Flexen. Remember Brother Flexen? And it was a great message. In fact, the thought came across my mind. I thought, boy, some Wednesday night, it would take a couple Wednesday nights, trust me. But sometime we ought to have that audio, play that for a Wednesday night service, and listen to this old, this <laughs> old preacher preach, <laughs> or Brother Flexen toward the latter years uh, that he was preaching. And I told my wife, I said, that one, uh, it was a tremendous message. But I said, one of the sad things he was saying in his message, he said, now they don't want me preaching anymore at camp meetings. And they don't want me preaching anymore in Bible school campuses. And, uh, you know, because of his frailty and, and this and that, you know. But he was still going. And uh, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people today that probably wouldn't want to hear him preach. But, boy, I was just thankful for good truth along the way. But then I got home, and yesterday I was reading from A.W. Tozer, and uh, he was saying, away with this idea to put these big-name preachers up on tape and, uh, and have them played before the congregations. <laughs> now, that's what he's saying in his, in his article that he's writing, because his focus is uh, not against those fellows at all. He named a bunch of them. Paul Reese and different ones he went through named them. Uh, but he said, not that he's at all opposed to that, but he's saying... There are some little preachers that have a lot of good things to say, too. So don't think you always have to bring the big-name preacher in and play him on tape. And that must have been something that they were starting to do uh, back then. So I don't know if we'll ever get to that or not. But it really, it was a, it was a, it was a nice time of saturation. Uh, riding down the road, the road, the traffic was nice and the weather was nice. And uh, get to listen to, to uh, different ones preach. And that's not where this message came from. But this message that I'm preaching tonight for the first time is something that I have been thinking about for quite some while prior to the ending of 2023, but coming into this year. And I want you to turn to just one verse of Scripture that I have for us tonight in Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. I already told Brother Wise, by the way, but he did an excellent job uh, last Sunday night in sharing with us, and we appreciate it so very, very much. And uh, <clears throat> I just... Uh, thankful that they're here uh, with us uh, when they can be here with us and on uh, Sunday evenings and such. And so I want us to stand together and I want Brother Wise to pray over this message tonight. Amen. May be seated. Now, I'm not a little preacher yet, Brother Adrian, but I'm going to be because I'm on a diet. So, and the best thing to do when you're on a diet is not to keep it secret. Let people know. That way they'll hold you to it. And they'll come up to you and say things like, how are you doing on your diet? And so you don't have to ask tonight. I'll tell you, pretty good. Doing pretty good. But boy, <clears throat> that chicken Alfredo was sure delicious for dinner uh, today. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 is an important uh, verse of Scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I'd like to talk to you about this thought, where he leads I'll follow. Now that's a song in our hymnal. I believe it's in our hymnal. I know it was in our old hymnal. 
but uh, where he leads, I'll follow. And uh, there's been a couple little things that have been suggested along that line already in this service tonight. And it's just so important. Uh, do you know it is a privilege of every born-again Christian, every child of God, to be personally led by the Holy Spirit? You know, that is a privilege uh, that we have. A person can in no wise walk as a child of God unless they are truly led by the Spirit of God. Did you hear that? A person in, in no wise, no way, shape, or form can a person uh, be led or walk uh, as a child of God unless they are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God was sent to you and I, to all believers, that it would guide us into all truths. Show us the way, direct us the path, light the path. And we're so uh, very grateful for that. A consistent, careful, holy walk is not something you can learn from church discipline. Amen? You can't learn it from church discipline, and I'm not opposed to disciplines. I'm in favor of church disciplines, by the way. It's not something that, you can, uh, that can be derived from listening to a sermon uh, once or twice a week. In fact, it cannot be produced simply by reading the Word of God on a regular basis even, or by a consistent daily prayer. All of these things can certainly be of assistance but to walk the pathway that God has purposed for mankind to walk can only be done through and by the help and leadership of the Holy Spirit. You can't wish it enough. You can't do enough. You can't read enough. You can't pray enough to live the life that we are called to live without the help and aid of God's Spirit. Paul gave the Ephesians quite a list of admonition toward their Christian walk. And admonition is good. Get all you can get. Listen to everyone you can. If they're concerned about your soul and wanting to help your soul, every preacher that comes your way, your grandmother when she sets you down on the sofa in the living room and has those little chats with you, gather, glean everything you can to help lead you uh, in the Christian walk. All the admonition that you can get from reading, from songs, from music, from school, while you're in Bible school. From Sunday school class, gather all the admonition that you can get. Paul was giving a lot of admonition. He says, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He went on to say, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And he goes on to say, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking, speak every man truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but which is good to the use of edifying, 
that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's some good admonition. That is some very valuable truth. Uh, that Paul shares there. Great instruction, great admonition, and it should never be taken lightly. But tucked right in the middle of Paul's discourse, he said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Right in the midst of all those, I mean, right in the midst of them. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Thomas Scott said, as a kind and wise friend, the Holy Spirit watched over the Ephesian converts for their good with infinite condescension and love. All their hope and wisdom and strength and joy were from him. And the only return which he required was a ready compliance with his holy suggestions and watchfulness against everything of a contrary tendency. He's saying the Holy Spirit's here for your help. For your benefit to show you the way and the only thing that he asks back is that you you just walk as he wants you to walk do as he bids you to do be what he asks you to be he says he says here in this little statement he says ready compliance with his holy suggestions. You know every suggestion the Holy Spirit will make in your direction is holy and pure. It's right and good. So this careful obedience is what marks us safe and secure for our redemption, this seal of the Holy Ghost. And without this imprint on our hearts and lives, we are simply not ready for heaven. Without this imprint of the Holy Spirit on our lives, we're not ready for heaven. We can't be. Because it takes the Holy Spirit to show us the way. Now there's a lot of ideas and notions and doctrines and teachings. Some far, far out from our circles and some very near our circles. That are trying to say there's some other way. But I want to tell you folks, without the blessed Holy Spirit... We're in trouble. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. This grieving is a pushing back. It's a resistance to his leadings, to his directives. It's the stopping of our ears or the shutting up of our hearts to the Holy Spirit's biddings. And I thought as we go already a week into this new year, Lord, don't let that ever happen in our lives. 
anything that you would want of us, the slightest whisper, anything that you would want of us, Lord, help us to be sensitive. We're already a week into the year, and I thought, Lord, could you just help us as our church here at New Clone? Could you help us to just say, yes, Lord, yes, and mean it regardless? With whatever, with whatever it entails, whatever it brings our way. I tell you, not only do I believe you and I should have the desire to be careful and never to grieve him, I think that our hearts should also be extremely sensitive to his leadings. I think that you and I, as an individual, thank God for uh, the congregations, thank God for the gatherings, thank God for the organizations. But I think as individuals, you and I should practice maintaining such a sensitivity to the slightest nudge and the lightest whisper. If God were to speak with us about anything, to say, yes, yes, Lord. Not a, not a cowering away, yes, Lord, if I have to, I will. But a desire to say, God, you, you, you know. The Holy Spirit has never led anyone astray. One purpose, one goal, our salvation. So our hearts should say, yes, Lord, if that's truly what our one goal is. My mind goes back to a situation that happened many years ago. I might have used it here. I don't know if I have. It's been a few years back. <clears throat> a situation that happened years ago that... Um, was a personal illustration to me, uh, an illustration to me of the personal and the practical side of the Holy Spirit's involvement, as well as the watchfulness and the warnings of the Holy Spirit's involvement in our life. By the way, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in your life. But this particular time, I was a long, long ways from home in another state. I'd flown out of state for some uh, of another individual. And I went to a place of business, a large place of business, and uh, a, a, a huge uh, building. I came into the, to the airport, got a taxi cab, went to this building, mammoth place uh, of a large uh, worldwide company. And I walked in the front doors of this, uh, of this building, went to the receptionist, told them who I was and who I was there to see. And they told me how to get to the person that I was there to see. And as I was walking down the hallway, I can still remember it just as clear today as it was then. And I believe, if not even more clear today, walking down the hallway and God's spirit, nobody else was in the hallway. I'm walking down the hallway. The room that I need to go to is on the right. It's a little ways down the hallway now. A huge building. And as I'm going down the hallway, the Holy Spirit says these words to me. Three words. Brian, be careful. That was so strong to me, it would have almost stopped me in my tracks. It was so real, so clear. Brian, be careful. Now, as far as I know, I was living a careful life. I was pastoring a church, serving the Lord, raising my family in charge of a camp, uh, ministering in the community. I was doing everything that I knew to be careful, reading the Bible and praying and serving the Lord with all of my heart, saved and sanctified Christian. But I thank God for the Holy Spirit 
who was able to forewarn and say, be careful. Now, a person could just shun that off and say, well, I'm always careful. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, I've quit the sin business years ago. Or I haven't had trouble year for years. A person could take that approach and say, well, what was that all about? There's nothing to be, just a big building. But it was so real and so clear that I knew that God was being faithful to my heart to give me a little pre-warning to say, be careful. And within a short little while, I knew exactly why. Now, I had no idea prior, but God did. God did. And he helped me to come through that situation. I did the business that I was supposed to do, picked up the material that I was supposed to uh, pick up, and, uh, and, and headed back home, whatever the hours were, uh, back home. Safe and sound because of an ear, a heart, that was willing to obey, to listen to the Holy Spirit. I am 100% convinced that the Holy Spirit will always warn us of impending danger. Do you know God's Spirit will warn you if you're about to bring something in your home that could lead you down the wrong pathway? God's Spirit will warn you. It was many years ago, one of our pastors, I think our second pastorate, maybe our third pastorate, I guess it would be our third pastorate because we pastored Venus, Pennsylvania, and then I pastored Higgins, Pennsylvania, and then I was in Nevada, Ohio. So I'm in Nevada, Ohio, in a revival early on. We were there for 18 years. It would be early on, one of the earlier revivals that we had, not the first, but maybe within the first three or four years. And there was a situation that was coming out that maybe you've heard of and maybe you haven't, but it was called the VCR. Do you remember that? And that was the big thing back there. These are long before the days of cell phone, long before the days of Internet. This is prior to all that. The VCR was coming out, and movies were starting to go in all directions. <laughs> I just thought of something. You poor people. You've probably never heard of the VCR. Sure you have. And it really doesn't matter what label man puts on it. Doesn't matter whether it's a VCR or the DVD or whatever the case might be. You just go online and, and download them if you want to. But what I was being concerned about as a pastor in a church was about the, the, the movie. And we were in this revival, and I remember saying to the evangelist, and by the way, folks, if you think I'm odd, let me tell you something. Every preacher that I was raised under preached against the movies. Every preacher that I was raised under. Evangelists, pastors, all of them. Today, we're afraid to touch it. Well, God help us, because we're full of it. It's sad. It's very, very sad. But I remember going to an evangelist and saying to the evangelist about this, he was older than I was, and I said to him, I said, what, we were sitting in his trailer, I said, what do you think about this that's come out, this, this video, this, this VCR, what do you think about all this? He said, you know, you know, Brother Brian, he said, we've talked about it, we've prayed over it, he said, it's all around us, where we are, it's all around us. But he said, we just thought, you know what we're going to do, we're just going to be careful, we're just going to set back. 
we're not going to get involved. We have some friends that are and some pressure to do the same thing from those friends. But we're just going to set back and we're just going to just stay back from it and just see what happens. And he said, already, he said, began to describe, I don't know who he was referring to, but he began to describe already of the tearing down that was happening. And he was so grateful, so thankful that he decided to stay away from this. And I came out of there and I said, thank you, Lord, that's all I need. That's all I need. Because I was under some of the same pressure of people saying, well, it's all right, you know, for this and for that and for this. And for well, you know what, folks? I thank God that I didn't raise my kids in front of the VCR. In fact, I thank God I didn't raise my children in front of the television. Do you know what that is? I thank God that I didn't raise them that way. And I thank God that they're still in church today. Now, I understand that sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit to say, Brian, be careful here. But sometimes God uses other people to do his bidding, to do his working. And God used that dear evangelist friend of mine who's still a dear friend today to help me as a young preacher boy, to help me to be able to say, you know what, I don't want to go that direction. And I'm amazed at how it has infiltrated our movement and everybody's silent on it. Sorry, I'm amazed. I've heard horror stories already. Coming from our Bible schools, I've heard horror stories. I said one time to one individual who was uh, involved in a Bible college, I said to this individual, we were talking about this issue, and he said, Brian, what, what do you do? What do you recommend? What do you think? We've been friends for many, many years, and he, he's not affiliated with our school, Penview, but he's affiliated with another Bible school. Brian, what do you think? What do you, I said, well, man, there's, there's got to be consequences. If this is happening, then there's got to be some kind of consequence. There has to be a deterrent. There has to be a written rule. There has to be some administration administration to come out, some directive. And when a line is crossed, I said, there, there ought to be, should be, must be some correction. Are you still here or did we take off both services today? <laughs> I said, there has to be some correction, some discipline. I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Brian, he said, if we had to do that, he said, I'd have to dismiss half of the dorm. Well, who are we kidding? I can tell you this much the Holy Spirit will be faithful. He will be faithful. Because we don't always see what is down the road with the little gadget. We don't always see what's down the road. Sometimes we become complacent or we just, you know, something little that seems so insignificant. And we think, well, there's no harm here. There's nothing wrong with this. Everybody's doing it. It's Christian. We hear all those arguments, but we watch, and it isn't too long until Christian becomes Christian. And Christian becomes Christian. And pretty soon it's from one extreme to the other, but we still qualify it. We still want to put our little safety label on it. 
Well, you know what, folks? I think if we would go through life and just say, even so, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Would you show me? <laughs> you folks, you poor folks, you look like I've scared you to death. It's me, remember? <laughs> Little old harmless me. I used to be spunky when I was at Penview, remember the kid? Little skinny, scrawny kid? Yeah, it's still me. And I believed this back then, and I still believe it today. Still believe it today. I use that illustration because I'm just saying that sometimes it is, that sometimes there's little bits and pieces along the way that the Holy Spirit is trying to sprinkle in our pathway. Little bits of admonition along the way. Paul wasn't just saying to them, now listen, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to serve God, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you want to get to heaven, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you want to be godly, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He was saying that, and very straightforward and strong when he said it. But he also gave a host of other helps, didn't he? God often uses helps along the way. Consider the Old Testament follower. They were compelled to obey the law. In the Old Testament, they were under the law. They were compelled to obey the law. It was an outside power, an, out, an outward um, restraint, if you would. The Scripture says they obeyed almost as a slave to this in the Old Testament. According to Paul, Paul even mentions it. The spirit of bondage and the spirit of fear. But we're, we're living in the New Testament under a new dispensation. And in the New Testament, the believer is delivered from the bondage. They're not slaves, but rather they are sons. They're the sons of God. And I think this is so important. Therefore, God's spirit leading them, it's not a trial. It's not a hardship. It's not something that's unimportant. It is certainly never secondary. Secondary, God's spirit leading them. It's always primary. He is not only with them, he is in them. He is the reason they are victorious day by day. The Holy Spirit in you is the reason you can be victorious day by day. No wonder, Paul said, I am a bond servant of Christ. Bond servant has a different meaning completely than slave. In our King James, the word slave is used, bond servant. Complete different meaning than what was in the Old Testament. I'm a bond servant, but the binding factor of the bonding is love. God, I just want to serve you. It matters not what you require me. I just want to serve you. I want to do your will with my whole heart. I want to live for you every little nook and cranny of my life. I want nothing to be on the border. I want nothing to be questionable. I want to be clear before you. And I love being clear before you. He loves serving. 
He loved being. He loved doing only that which would please the Lord Jesus Christ. His spirit meshed beautifully with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like a warfare that was going on every day now. To me, one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible is found in Romans chapter 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And since you have received the Holy Spirit of God, you may now refer to God as your Father. Really, it's what he's saying. Since you've received this spirit of adoption, since you've received the blessed Holy Ghost, you can refer to him as your Father. Praise his name. And furthermore, his spirit itself will testify to you that this is so. Said the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And I believe that that also infers that if you choose purposefully to disobey the leadings of the Holy Spirit, you can no longer claim to be his child either. If you purposefully say, sorry, not interested, not going your direction, you're removing yourself. You're walking away. I conclude that if and when we grieve the Spirit, we have also disrupted our relationship with God as a whole. We don't just pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and go on. We need a humbling experience before God. If we've grieved His Spirit, if we've pushed against light, if He's tried to lead us and show us and we just resisted and shoved it aside, folks, don't you dare go another day professing anything. Stop pausing your life and say, Lord, help me, help me. Forgive me for my blunder. Forgive me for my failure. Lord, do something in my heart to reinstate a right relationship with you. Now, I want to tell you this much, folks. I don't think you have to get saved every night before you go to bed. I think you can walk with God day in and day out. Therefore, again, I say being careful in all things is always the best pathway forward. Seeking God for direction. Praying without ceasing. Listening for his slightest whisper. That's safety, folks. To be straddling the fence or even walking alongside it is a risky business to me. To always want to be pushing the limit, pushing the limit, pushing the limit. That's a risky business to me. When as, when as, and if we make a commitment to follow God, we do not preface it by saying, if you lead me in the paths that I want to go. Or God, I'll go with you if if we only walk where I'm comfortable among my family and friends. Folks, that approach misses 
the beauty of being spirit-led. It completely bypasses the green pastures and the still waters. It also prohibits goodness and mercy from following us all the days of our life. Finally, that approach, and most importantly, it does not end at the house of the Lord. That's not a good way to walk. Our commitment must be, lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And where he leads, I'll follow. Now, I must issue a word of caution here. The Holy Spirit will not lord over you with a cracking whip, a harsh tone, or a scornful eye. For being led by the Spirit is not being compelled by an outward force or an external power to do right. Instead, it is the spontaneous and the natural manifestation in the life of the true child of God. The Christian wants to serve him flawlessly, without error. Do you ever make a blunder? I don't want to. Do you ever get tripped up? I don't want to. It's obedience with a submissive heart, but it's also obedience with a smile. Lord, I love serving you. This is the best thing. I'm telling you now. This isn't my sermon. I'm telling you. My testimony is this is the best thing that's ever happened to me to become a Christian. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I wouldn't trade it for a whole world. I love this way. I love this way. There's nothing that I want to tweak. There's nothing that I want to change. There's nothing that I want to delete. I like this way. It's a good way. It is obedience, submissive heart, but obedience with a smile. We serve him because our inner man wants to. That's right. We serve him because our inner man wants to. It's what we want to do. We find joy in doing what he wants us to do. And we find satisfaction, complete satisfaction in being what he wants us to be. We don't wrestle with, Lord, do I have to? No, it's not that way at all. It's, Lord, can I? Can I? Please, can I? To be able to follow where he leads us, we must trust him instead of self. That his ways are always right. That his ways are always good. That he never makes a mistake. He never takes a wrong turn. Do you know the Holy Spirit never takes a wrong turn? And that his goal is to the glory of God and the safe deliverance of you. That's what the Holy Spirit desires. The glory of God and the safe deliverance of you. Lastly, I want to say this. There may be, there may well be times in your life as you walk with the Lord that you just don't know what to do next. This does not mean that you're not following him. 
This does not mean that you're walking against light. Always remain ready to obey and never rely on flesh. Yourself, the reasoning of your own mind, or the flesh of others. And all the complications that can develop from that. The flesh will fail you. The Spirit, the blessed Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, cannot fail you. The Holy Spirit cannot fail you. Never. In any way. He cannot fail you. He will surely make a way forward for you. A pathway that is clearly marked in time. He will. Sometimes by providential inclination. Sometimes through the wisdom of a friend. It very well could be a passage or even just a verse or a partial verse of Scripture. It could be a theme of the Scripture, a chapter. It could be through a song or a hymn. But it is often, it is often through the tender suggestion of the blessed Holy Spirit himself to just slip up alongside and say, here it is, here's the way. So I have said for a long time, many years, it's not original with me, but if you don't know what to do, then stand still. Just stand still. Don't put your foot in the water and test the waters. If you don't know what to do, just stand still and say, Lord, I'm not moving until you show me which direction to move. When the Spirit speaks, then there's no room for doubt. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, if your heart's desires to serve when the Spirit speaks, then there's just no room for doubt. Make it your constant prayer. Where he leads, I'll follow. Shall we stand? <clears throat> Roy, will you dismiss us, please?